Welcome to the Find Your Voice, Change Your Life podcast with psychologist Dr. Doreen Downing. Listen in as Doreen interviews people who felt they didn't have a voice or who suffered extreme speaking anxiety. You'll hear stories about how they struggled to speak up, what they did to find their authentic voice, and the confidence they now feel to speak up and make an impact. If you want to get started right away to find your voice, download Doreen's free 7-step guide to fearless speaking at Doreen7steps.com. And now, here is Doreen. Hi, this is Dr. Doreen Downing, and I'm the host of the podcast, Find Your Voice, Change Your Life. And what I do here is to invite guests who have had some struggle with speaking up in public. In some way, they've come to realize, ooh, where's their voice? How did their voice disappear if they once had it? Or maybe they never had it. So today I'm inviting Marty McEwen to be my guest here. And I'd like to read a little bio about her. So you'll see she really knows what she's talking about when it comes to stage fright. Marty, who is a professional counselor and stage fright coach, had some fear of public speaking, Uh, you know, more the normal insecurity and nerves. But when she started to learn to sing solo, she had a complete meltdown. She had no idea where that panic was coming from, why it happened when it did, or what to do about it. Figuring out how to be free of her fear of public singing led her to develop the stage fright cure and a professional specialty in helping others be free of their fear of speaking or performing in any setting. She has helped musicians, speakers, leaders, writers, business people, and professionals be free of the limiting effects of stage fright. Oh, welcome, Marty. I know we've had conversations before, and today I want to also open up the floor so you get to share not only the history of what you've come to realize about your own stage fright, you might say, and then also in the end, show show people how they can find you because you really got a process that works. Yay! Yeah. Thank you for having me here. It's really fun to talk to you again and share some of these ideas and some of my experience with your audience. Good. So let's start. I mean, I know it, you mentioned in the intro here that it was uh, kind of normal insecurity, but it really hit you at one point in your life. So just wherever you want to start in the story, that'd be fine. Sure. Well, in terms of public speaking, I was a Toastmaster for a long time. And uh, did really well, you know, just like you, I think I read you had, you did uh, got um, um, awards, contests and awards and all of that sort of thing, but it didn't necessarily calm your system, right? Just knowing what you're doing and knowing you're good at it because you're getting the feedback isn't necessarily enough to relax you in the situation. So I, I wasn't, my fear of public speaking was, I don't think it was really tied to speaking. It was tied to being up in front of people and having all those people look at you, right? Yeah. Um, so it so it's more general, but in the, at that point in my life, it was certainly the only way, the only place that really showed up was public speaking because that was all I was doing. Um, and then later, as you mentioned, I, well, I've been a therapist for many, many years and along the way started working with some energy psychology kind of techniques that some of your audience may be familiar with. 
Uh, and that's what got me over my public speaking fear. What happened to me in public speaking is I would give a speech just fine. And then afterwards, I would have this compulsive need for reassurance. I would be, you know, I, I my heightened adrenaline state would come after I gave a speech rather than before. And I would run around to people and go, was it OK? Was it OK? Am I all right? You know, did I survive? <laughs> was it all right? But that no amount of reassurance really did the trick because mm -hmm. uh, I'd need the same amount of reassurance the next time. But one time I started using these energy psychology techniques on the speaking part and that reaction went away. I, did, I just bypassed that re reaction after I gave you know speeches. And then several decades later, two or three decades later, because I was really quite young in Toastmasters, I decided that I wanted to sing solo, right? Which again means getting up in front of people and having them all look at you. So uh, that became, my awareness got heightened that that was one of the elements that was triggering my stage fright, was just the pure experience of being up in front of people and having them look at you expectantly to say something or do something or sing or whatever it was. So that was a clue number one. And then, um, Singing, though, just took me over like a like a tornado in terms of the adrenaline, you know, the heart rate and the sweaty palms and the shaking knees and the worry that I was going to um, forget the lyrics or that people were laughing at me or, all, you know, all those things, the thoughts, the feelings, the body sensations that people have when they have stage fright. Uh, so gradually I started making connections about where it actually came from. And, uh, and I yeah. continued to use those energy psychology techniques and develop even more to calm my physical reaction to the things that were triggering. Well, that first, uh, what you talked about, and I think this applies to so many people that uh, I or we've worked with, is that the after, what happens afterwards is that um, judgment that comes in and uh, says that it wasn't enough or I could have or mm -hmm. if only I had said this and why didn't I speak up when I had the opportunity just mm -hmm. the whole kind of beating themselves up afterwards and like what you said is uh, you needed reassurance and <laughs> you were actually looking externally not internally for whatever you needed because obviously the next time you needed it again Exactly right. You make a huge point because vast majority of people, the fear is not of the outside circumstances. The fear is of what we're going to experience within ourselves. And I think a big part of my getting over my stage fright and helping other people do the same is to help them to center in on what is going on inside my own skin rather than what is going on on the outside. You know, that the triggers that that fire off that adrenaline response certainly are outside of ourselves but they can also as you said be about what we do with it you know we run the run the uh, the resent the, the regret rehearsal you know um to the point where we're really causing ourselves anxiety unnecessary anxiety 
Oh, I like that phrase, unnecessary anxiety. I hope people really grab on to that one because unnecessary anxiety. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So much of anxiety is unnecessary, but we've pointed to the one that happens post when you put yourself out and have been seen and heard and feel like, oh, it wasn't enough. Yeah. Well, and for me, too, it was it was and I this goes kind of back to tracing the origins of it. It was the fear of feeling humiliated, right? Or fear of feeling embarrassed, fear of feeling um, things that I have felt in the past that were excruciatingly painful, feeling humiliated, feeling like the brunt of a joke, feeling like, you know, people are laughing about me or talking about me behind my back, things like that. And I think that's why after I gave a speech, it wasn't the same with singing. With singing, I was afraid from, you know, beginning to end. But that phenomenon of, of needing reassurance was for me, because I could tell on the inside, it was more about, did I humiliate myself? Was I, did I embarrass myself? Are people talking about me? You know, that kind of thing. And uh, that's not the same for everybody necessarily, but it was certainly true for me. Well, I like the way you linked it to, something earlier where these messages or where the insecurity starts, which is often really earlier about, and who knows, maybe you did have, and people do have those experiences where they are bullied, where they are shamed, where they are uh, singled out as somebody to laugh at. And that, that sticks in that, in that brain. And you're talking about energy Energy that, um, let's say, I don't know, like a wound is an energy, um, Mm -hmm. isn't it? Sure, sure. I mean, everything is energy when you can write write down to it. I mean, we're we're all vibrational beings. Whether it's has to whether it has to do with um, the electromagnetic energy that's running through our whole system, or as you say, the energy of healing. All of everything happens in our in our biological systems. Everything happens by uh, bioelectric reactions, you know, positive and negative poles and reactions that are either uh, attracting or repelling and move our molecules around. So all of that definitely has to do with our energy. But before I go deeper into that, I want to get back to what you said about singing, because that was a whole different story. And you, you called it a meltdown. And do you, do you understand why that, because it's, it is standing up in front of people and it is, you know, it's voice coming out from inside of you. Literally. Yeah. yeah. So do you understand what, what, why was that so different? Well, with speaking, I knew I was a good speaker. Uh-huh. I had already been a teacher. I, you know, I can, that was not a skill that I had insecurity about. It wasn't the skill. It was that what I just talked about, about getting up in front of people and the fear of humiliating myself. But with singing, I didn't know that I was a good singer, you know? So I, on top of it, mm-hmm. I was afraid I was a terrible singer. Yeah. Now, and the other, here's another aspect of it that came out for me was that I thought singers were cool. Singers are cool, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, but I'm not cool. Oh, uh-huh. okay. And for, for a number of reasons growing up, I didn't grow up as one of the cool kids. I was, uh, I, I was not one of the popular crowd, you know? And so I think that in the moment, there, I think there was a kind of a train wreck that happened in the moment where I had my first voice lesson, 
she asked me to sing Mary Had a Little Lamb, and I couldn't do it. Mm. Speaking of losing your voice, my throat just tightened up. I was, my eyes were big. I was frozen in place. I was shaking. I, I just, I lost my voice, literally. And I just Mary had a, because I was just so tense and so overtaken with a wordless stop. I, I did, you know, I, it was just a panic and a stop. And um, after the fact, of course, going back to that incident and figuring out what was the train wreck, it was my self-esteem. It was the fact that I was, oh, I remember, and there was one point in my young life where I was really enamored by these opera singers on the Ed Sullivan show. <laughs> <laughs> And I and my dad was sitting in a chair. It's, it's what you said about things are just sneak in there, you know. Um, my I said, oh man, I really like that singer. And my dad said, oh, she's just showing off. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know any different. What I was eight years old or something. And um, and I registered. I remember registering. Oh, that's showing off. And showing off is something you don't do. Um, so there was a taboo that got created, totally filed away in my brain and didn't think about it again. But when I got up to sing and had the audacity to sing for someone else, it was showing off. Or it was at least me trying to show off, not consciously, I'm mean, not, not right up here where you think things in your head, but in your system, in your energy system, it's like, can't do that, Right. Yes. Oh, and just the way you demonstrated people who listen, I just want to say that what she did was just kind of contract (laughs) when I'm watching you uh, demonstrate what it was like to have that collision uh, uh, at that moment, that life moment where it just uh, and unconsciously is what you're actually saying, because it's not a conscious D I'm showing off. It was like built in your and buried in your system. So uh, that's what you're talking about with energy. So say a little bit more about energy and how it gets stuck and how to release it, because that seems to be a secret of yours. Uh, Yeah. Well, um, there's a whole field called energy psychology. And a colleague and I, Stephanie and Aldrinhoff is also a therapist. And I came up with an energy psychology protocol that we call the rapid relief process. And um, it's a series of uh, exercises, if you will, or um, routines that are designed to disassociate, not in a negative way, but in a positive way, to, to, to unlink those old experiences and the emotional charge and the emotional meaning that they had from the present moment. So... Example, um, one of my early incidents that I had to clear up my energy about regarding singing was a fourth grade incident where I was going to show off for my boyfriend in school and I was dressed to the nines. I had a brand new dress and I had fancy new shoes. Well, in this elementary school, there was a rule where you had to be in your seat by the end of the bell or you'd be sent to the principal's office, right? So I'm outside the classroom and I'm all nervous about about how I, you know, I was gonna show off for my boyfriend, Steve. 
and the bell started to ring. So I ran in the classroom. I ran up the middle aisle up to my seat in the front of the class only to realize that they'd waxed the floors the night before. And with my slippery new shoes, I went on my keister right in front of Steve, right in front of the whole class. The class was laughing, the teacher was laughing, and I was so humiliated. And in that moment, and I think your listeners can relate to this, oftentimes in those situations, there's this little gap of silence that in your head. And that's when I think that we make meaning out of things that happen. And I think the meaning that I made out of that incident was don't wear your heart on your sleeve. Don't cause, don't call attention to yourself. Look what happens, you know, when you try to be somebody, all these meanings get lodged. So what energy psychology does by actually addressing the acupuncture system and the uh, chakra system, the auric field, which are very real parts of our energy, while you're remembering a particular thing, you do these routines that are mind-body energy routines, and it has the function of dismantling the emotional charge and the meaning that we still have attached to those old incidents that are still lodged in the subconscious. So what you actually experience is that you calm down about it, your physiology calms down about it, and your memory of it changes so that it no longer carries that loaded meaning. And then it's just a memory. It's just a memory of something that happened once that really didn't matter much, right? Which is really, truly what it was. It was excruciatingly humiliating for me But for the rest of the class in that fourth grade incident, it was just a slapstick moment. It didn't have anything to do with me. (laughs) And And when I used these energy psychology routines and the rapid relief process to dismantle the emotional charge on that memory, I could realize that it wasn't personal. And I could let go of the meaning that, oh, I better not do that. It's going to be painful. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. And I, I have taken uh, some workshops with you. So I that's one of the reasons why I wanted to introduce you to my audiences, because I think I love the phrase rapid relief process. And the whole how to do it is very simple. And it's almost like um, I, I'm doing something with my body and I sweep energy i sweep my energy and it's almost like i'm cleaning out my my system and in sweeping my body it takes this pent-up energy or this buried energy or this negative energy that still comes from that those experiences that we don't even consciously remember mm-hmm. and uh it it dissolves them. It moves them out of our body. And I, I really liked what you said about the, um, the memory being just a memory. And so with listeners, I'd like you to have that imagine right now with your own moments that you remember and still feel some kind of excruciating pain. Just imagine the possibility of being able to Ah, just have it a, a memory and have no charge. You, Marty, used the word charge. No charge about it. Yeah, a memory, but without the charge. Wow. <laughs> without that internal reaction. Yes. 
without uh -huh. visceral reaction to it. Matter of fact, yeah, right. Wonderful. Well, uh, let's move on to give people a way to find you, contact you, and to get more information or sign up for one of your workshops. Thank you very much. Yes, my website is stagefright.com, and it's all there. Uh, I have written a book, It's and I have an online e-course. It's also a possibility, and I do private coaching, I do, and I teach a free class uh, that Doreen was referring to called Rapid Relief from Stress and Distress. It is for people who want to, to uh, resolve the stage fright reaction, but also for people who have any kind of stress or distress in their lives that they want to feel better about or some situation they want to handle better or a memory they want to clear up. So Rapid Relief from Stress and Distress is the class and stagefright.com is the website. Wonderful. Marty, any last words or not any? What last words? What last words? <laughs> yes. Well, what I'm excited about is that stage fright gets in the way of so many people's goals and dreams and aspirations. And sometimes just stops people in their tracks. They just won't go there because stage fright is so severe or so scary or uncomfortable. They're not willing at all to do whatever it is they want to do because of that. And, I, and like you with Find Your Voice, you don't want people to be hampered by that and stopped from doing what they want to do or voicing what they want to voice. And uh, my big message is that you don't have to live with it. There are remedies. And I invite you, if you're being limited at all or um, stopped at all by your fear of performing or speaking, that you check out the website and see that you can really be free of this. What a message. You really can be free of the anxiety that holds you back. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you, Marty. You're very welcome. Thank you. Thank you for being with us today for this episode of Find Your Voice, Change Your Life. Each person during interviews shares what has helped them find their voice. You can learn from these guests and find your voice so you can be confident to speak up and speak out. And remember to download Doreen's free seven-step guide to fearless speaking at Doreen7steps.com. We hope you enjoyed the show and we'll return next time. Until then, goodbye for now. <music>